0: What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. If you haven't done so already, go and get me a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. You can go and check out the giveaway I'm doing right now. It's going until Thursday at 4 p.m. It's my second last post. You can see it. It says giveaway right on it. I'm giving away an English Encore t-shirt along with a $50 Amazon gift card to celebrate doing 100 episodes last week. So go and give me a follow and follow all the rules on how to enter for that Today, I'm going into the Bills 49ers Monday Night Football Preview for tonight's game. Kind of going over some question mark keys the game, some key players to watch, talk some UB football, and then we're going to be finishing off with the Sabres, talking about which players are most likely to be selected next year in the expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. Um, Starting off with the Buffalo Bills, though, they're going in to 49ers. Game tonight at eight and three. Really good opportunity for the Bills to continue that lead over the Miami Dolphins, who did get another win yesterday versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills do hold the tiebreaker currently with the Dolphins. However, the Patriots are playing pretty well. The Dolphins obviously are playing well, and they have to play both those teams still um, to end the season. So, if the Bills can continue to keep that lead and keep themselves comfortably ahead. It'll be better for them, not to mention that the Browns beat the Titans yesterday. This is a great opportunity for Bills to really put themselves in a good position to lock up that number three seed for the NFL playoffs. This game's going to be a little bit weird. The game is to be played in Arizona because of the restrictions and COVID protocols going on right now in California. Looks like they're going to be going into a shutdown pretty much. Um, Definitely a bad taste in a lot of Bills fans' mouths because of what happened in Arizona just a few short weeks ago with the Hail Mary. However, I think the Bills are going to go in and hopefully handle their business and come away with a win. Looking at the keys to the game, honestly, the biggest key to me is the Bills can't cower in primetime, and they have to act like they belong there. You look at all the stats that people are going to show, just like when the Bills couldn't make the playoffs, that's all you heard in every primetime game, every game about the Bills, it was the bills haven't made the playoffs in 17 years the bills haven't done this the bills haven't done this the playoff drought wide right music city miracle all this stuff the bills are a different team now you showed that you belong with some of the best teams in the nfl you've beaten the rams you've beaten the seahawks you've beaten a good miami dolphins team that everyone was low on to start the year but now everyone's hyping up you beat those teams you know, you beat the New England Patriots already and you knocked off Bill Belichick and them. Maybe it been without Tom Brady, yes, but you still did it. You know, you didn't play your best game against Kansas City, but you still showed that you belong in those type of games. And you should have beaten the Cardinals as well. Looking at the Bills' record in primetime, it's not great. Since 2000, the Bills are 6-23 in primetime, and they haven't won a Monday Night Football game since 1999 Since or when they won 23 to 18, obviously not great, but to me, you're a different team now. The Bills have talked about it. We don't look at the past, you're looking at right now, present day. Show up, and for once, can you just beat the bricks off of a team? You know, the Bills have shown flashes where they can, in the first quarter and second quarter, you know, play really well, and they'll be up on a team by you know 14 to 17 at halftime and then they blow it in the third quarter and they're squeaking out seven to ten point wins at the end of the day wins are wins but at some point you need to go in handle your business and i think this is a great opportunity to do so the 49ers are a very good team they're very well coached the record might not indicate that but they're a team that can beat almost anyone in the nfl they have a very solid defense offensively they're a little bit limited they have gotten some players back debo samuel brand iuke both coming off injuries and COVID list in the past few weeks. Nick Mullins is a guy that I had talked about a few years ago that the Bills should go out and acquire to be a backup. He's been solid for them playing. But you're the Buffalo Bills. You're getting healthier as the season progresses. This is probably one of the least amount of people you've had on your injury reports since the first week of the season. This is your opportunity to go in, go beat a good team in the 49ers, and beat them convincingly. You have to start hot in the first and the third quarters. Don't just come out guns a-blazing in the first and then fall asleep coming out of halftime because that's what the Bills have done this year. The Bills are second out of 32 teams in the NFL in first quarter points average per game at 7.3, but they're 28 out of 32 for third quarter points at only 3.4. That number has gotten better over the past three weeks going up to 56 But for some reason, out of halftime, Sean McDermott hasn't been able to get his team to, you know, play up um, and keep their foot on the gas pedal. For some reason, they play down to their competition or they just look lackadaisical or don't look like they want to just put the game away. You have to do that. And then the last key of the game for me is you got to stop the run and get after Nick Mullins. They have a very good backfield with Coleman, McKinnon, Moster a lot of changes speed guys can really hit the hole and break off big runs at a time. The run defense has definitely been the Bill's Achilles heel on defense most of the year. It's been better the past few weeks, but they have to do that. Get after Nick Mullins. You have to trust Tredavius White, Levi Wallace, Poyer and Hyde that they can shut down guys like Debo Samuel, Bren, Ayuk. There is no Jimmy Garoppolo today. There is no George Kittle. Those are really the two biggest threats you have to worry about. And then obviously the running backs out of the backfield. But get after Mullins. Force him to make quick decisions. Force turnover. Get your guys in good field position for your offense. Um, Biggest question marks for this game is if Matt Milano and Tyrell Dotson are going to play. To me, in my opinion, I think they will both play. The Bills have until 4 p.m. today to activate them for the game. Um, And the reason I have this gut feeling is because and sometimes you can look into social media a little bit too deeply, but to me, you're not going to be posting that Matt Milano and Dotson are both on the plane to go to this game. Like they had pictures on the bills website of both of them going on the plane. To me, if you know that they're not going to play with everything going on in the world today with COVID, um, to me, why make them travel if they're not going to play? So to me, I think they're both going to play. I think that's going to be huge for the Bills because as well as A.J. Klein and Termite Edmonds have been playing, Matt Milano just makes this defense 10 times better, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to cover these running backs out of the backfield, which would be key for them, and I do wish they would have put Milano on the IR sooner because I think he was very limited when he came back. I'm hoping he's full strength now, um, no limitations, Um Next biggest question is can the Bills continue to get the ground game going? They've shown flashes at different points in the season that they're going to be capable of getting the run. They showed it against the Patriots, they showed it last week against the Chargers. Devin Singletary is a good change of pace back. Zach Moss is a very good downhill runner. Um Singletary did have the fumble last week, so that's going to be something he has to make sure he doesn't do this week against a good 49ers defense that's going to be looking to punch out the ball. But Dable has to continue to try to implement that run game, even if it incorporates Josh, you know, running around a little bit, even though I don't like that as much because he's been banged up the past few weeks. Avoided that injury scare like I talked about last week when he got his ankle rolled up on, and it even might have been an MCL issue. But he is practicing in full all week, so it looks like he's going to be good to go. Like I said, the Bills can't continue to try to beat good teams being one-dimensional. They have to be able to pass and throw the football. I do expect the Bills to throw the ball a lot today. Um, I really like the Stephon Diggs against Richard Sherman matchup. If That's the route they decide to go. And then finally, can Josh eliminate the turnovers? Earlier in the year when Bill started off 4-0, he was not turning the ball over at all, taking good care of the football both on the ground and in the air outside of Week 1 versus the Jets when he fumbled twice. The past three weeks, he's been throwing bad interceptions Um, He's been having some fumble issues as well. He's got to get that cleaned up, especially late here in the season. And then the three key players to meet for this game is going to be Gabriel Davis. He's going to be filling in for John Brown once again. He stepped up in the moment last week and made some huge plays for them. Um, They're going to need him opposite of Stephon Diggs to do that same thing. I think Kobe's going to have a good game in the slot. Uh, Ed Oliver, to me, has to have a big game. 49ers offensive line's a little bit banged up. Ed Oliver has shown flashes of what he can do this year, but he has to be more of a game wrecker. You know, Jerry Hughes has been doing a really good job rushing the passer, Mario Addison, same type of thing. But you haven't been hearing Ed Oliver's name nearly enough. The last few weeks, he's been taking some really bad penalties. He's made a few plays to make up for it, but he has to really shine tonight. And then the third player who's not actually going to be a player, it's Sean McDermott. This is a big moment for Sean McDermott, and here's why. Sean McDermott is a very, very good NFL coach. I'm very much happy that the Bills re-signed him. Like I said when I talked about it, I was a little skeptical on the amount of years they signed him for based on the fact that he has not won a playoff game yet, but I'm very happy he's here along with Brandon Bean who also deserves contract attention as soon as possible. You saw how in the Rams game, Sean McVay made a lot of halftime adjustments where McDermott really didn't and the Bills were lucky to come away with a win. Um, Same type of thing against Arizona. Um, You can look at the Patriots game. They almost blew that game as well. They play this conservative-type football at certain points in the game, and it really irritates me. Sean McDermott's going up a very good coach in Kyle Shanahan, who's been to Super Bowls before, has shown he's a good coach, and has gotten the most out of a team that's dealt with a lot of injuries this year. At some point, Sean McDermott has to outcoach some of these elite coaches to prove that the Bills belong, and they can make deep playoff runs. So I'm excited to see how he handles this opportunity coming up. It's definitely going to be an exciting game tonight, and I do think the Bills are going to win. I'm going to go with Bills 31, 49ers 20 in a very good game. I think Josh is going to have a big day along with Stephon Diggs. I think he's going to go for 1,000 yards on the season as well, and I do think they're going to be able to get the combination of Singletary and Moss going. Moving on to UB football, big news for the Buffalo Bulls. They were ranked for the first time in school history in the AP Top 25, coming in at number 24 yesterday. They're the first MAC team to be ranked since Western Michigan in 2016. The Bulls are 4-0 right now. Um, they had their game canceled against Ohio this past weekend. Despite that, the Bulls are likely to be named the MAC East Division champions and will likely be playing in the bowl game for that championship for the Mac. Um, Jarrett Patterson continues to get the recognition he deserves. Reggie Bush has been very high on him when talking about college football, saying that even though he might not win the Heisman, his name needs to be in there. And a lot of people are continuing to talk about him. Um, it's really great recognition for a Bullets program that's been consistently going in an upward direction since Khalil Mack and Joe Licata and guys like that have really started building the foundation for this great team um and just the great college for UB you know UB's done a very good job with their athletics especially over the past 5-6 years in all different types of sports um especially in football and basketball both men and women's basketball for that matter but UB football is playing very very well um Obviously, they're not going to, even though they're undefeated, they're never going to be considered to play for, like, a national championship or anything like that. Um, just the nature of the conference they're in. However, I do think there's a very good chance they're going to win the MAC championship and they're going to need a very good bowl game against, you know, a very solid team. Maybe it's a BYU. We saw the BYU-Coastal Carolina game the other day, how great of a game that was. I think UB would put up a good fight against one of those mid-tier, a team like Cincinnati, um, like I said, Coastal Carolina, any of those type of teams, um, even Marshall, I know they just lost to Rice, so they're not in top 25 anymore. But um, teams like that, I think UB would be able to hold their own. I'm really interested to see where Jarrett Patterson is going to probably go in the draft. I don't expect him to go back for his senior year at all. Um, I'd be very shocked. I think, to me, he's easily a third-round, if not second-round running back, He's proven he can hit the holes, has a little bit of change of speed um, for his size. He reminds me a lot of Darren Sproles, um, just a little bit bigger um, and more athletic. So I'm really excited. The Bulls are super fun to watch. If you haven't watched them, definitely check them out. Um, if you liked watching that Coastal Carolina BYU game, I think you'll enjoy watching Buffalo. I know sometimes people don't like that they're playing against other Mac teams like Toledo, Akron, Ohio, and the games maybe are blowouts like UB's been blowing teams out. Um, it's kind of just the nature of what's happening this year with COVID and everything. Um, they were supposed to play Ohio State this year, which by no means do I think they were gonna win that game, but Jared Patterson, I think, would have ran all over the Buckeyes. So definitely a team that you want to keep an eye on. Really happy for UB and Jared Patterson. Um, definitely excited to see what they're gonna be doing in the upcoming weeks. And then finally, for the last topic for today's episode, talking about the Sabres and the expansion draft. As many of you know, the Seattle Kraken are going to be joining the NHL next season. So that's when you start talking about the expansion draft, what players you protect, which ones you don't. Um, So basically how this works is that for the expansion draft, you have to be in the league for a certain amount of years to be eligible. So players like Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Okiaru weren't eligible for the last draft. For Vegas, but now they would be eligible for this one because of the amount of years they've played in the NHL. Um, just going through the quick players that are obviously going to get protected. Daleen, Okiaru, Jack Eichel, um, Sam Reinhart, Victor Olbson, Casey Middlestep. more than likely just because of how high of a pick he was. Tage Thompson to me is another guy that I think will be protected. Um, Rusta Leinen just because you don't want to lose him for nothing. Jeff Skinner will more than likely be protected unless he's willing to. Wave his no movement clause and then with Sam Reinhart he's going to be a unrestricted or a restricted free agent but I do expect them to re-sign him so I believe he'll be protected as well the reason they probably won't protect a guy like Eric Stahl or Taylor Hall is that could really put them in a bad cap situation um, especially if you don't know at that point if you're going to re-sign him if they do re-sign Hall before then I would have fully expect they protect him obviously um, defensively is, I think, where the Sabres are more than likely to get their players taken from. Linus Allmark's a little bit of a question mark there as well, but there's going to be too many other good goalies um, that are going to be available, I think, for Seattle that they won't even have to worry about a guy like Allmark potentially being taken. Um, so to me, the notable players that I'd watch out for if I was a Sabres fan would be Colin Miller he has another year on his contract after the season. Uh, Just over $3 million. Very solid NHL veteran defenseman. Been a part of some cup teams. Um, Deep playoff runs. Cody Eakin, I know they just signed him this offseason. I doubt that they would protect him, though, with the low salary cap hit that he has. Brandon Montour is very intriguing. Um, He might not get picked just because he's going to be a UFA at the end of the year. Semis Gergens is a guy that could be a plug-and-play third, fourth line that you might want for an expansion team just because he's a gritty player and can play multiple positions. Then Lawrence Pilot, I think, is the other wild card if the Sabres decide to sign him or not. Um, I really just don't know what they're doing with him at this point. He's been playing well overseas, but I just don't really know if they have him in their long-term future. As far as who I think would be taken from Seattle, my number one gut answer is Colin Miller just because it's a very cheap salary it's a good veteran defenseman to bring in for a team you know he was also selected for Vegas's expansion draft when you're doing an expansion draft you're going to get some guys that have some bad contracts but are good solid veteran players that you want to have young guys around um, Colin Miller is a guy that you want on your defensive side of the blue line you know help with some of these younger players out and he's going to be able to play second third line minutes and contribute you know, 20 to 30 points a year for you. Bring playoff experience, be a good locker room guy. Um, to me, the only player the Sabres would have to worry about getting taken over him is Brandon Montour. Like I said, I think a lot of that is based on the contract situation, whether or not the Sabres decide to move him before the deadline, decide to re-sign him, do another one-year deal, whatever they decide to do. Um, I think that'll be the biggest question mark. Like I said, I think the Sabres are more than likely going to get someone from their defensive core taken, um, offensively, you know, their top six is kind of just is what it is. You know, Eichel, Reinhardt, Olufsen, um, you know, Hall, Stahl, and Skinner. Stahl and Hall are both going to be free agents, and whether or not they bring both of them back or not, will determine who else they keep. Um, it also depends on what the Sabres want to do. They can keep nine forwards, five defensemen, and I believe two goalies, or you can do other combinations. I believe it's just 15 total players. Um, and then goalies, something around that number. I'd have to go back and double-check on that, so don't quote me on that. But the um, expansion draft always really fun to watch. Um, it's nice because the Sabres basically core players. There's really no risk, risk of losing them. Guys like Dylan Cousins, Ryan Johnson, um, those type of players who haven't, um, Jack Quinn as well, who haven't played really in the NHL yet or aren't even really into their rookie contracts at all are guys that you don't even have to worry about protecting because they haven't played in the NHL long enough. Um, and then obviously the no-brainers like Eichel, Dahlin, those guys, you're never going to lose them unless something just drastic happens. Um, Jeff Skinner, I think, is actually going to be a little bit interesting, but I don't think he's going to be willing to wave his claws um, just based on the he's getting in. I like Jeff Skinner's game. I've talked about it so many times on this podcast. I think he's got put in a bad position last year. Also is dealing with injuries, so I expect a big bounce back here from him, especially playing with Stahl and then either Reinhardt or Olsen on that second line. So, um, But that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Hopefully the Bills can come out with a victory tonight. Hopefully the NHL will get going with their season. It's now talked about they're going to be starting mid-January with a 54-game schedule, um, with training camp hopefully ramping up in the next few weeks or so. We will see how that turns out. But I'll be back again. On Friday or Saturday with Zach, we'll be doing another NBA podcast. A lot of things to talk about. We can talk about the John Wall-Russell Westbrook trade. We'll be going over our top 10 small forwards and some other stuff. I think we're also going to be doing our power rankings for the year for East and West, who we think is going to make the playoffs. But until then, this has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.